Welcome to another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella, joined by, as always, Associate Dean of Academic Programs, Phil Powell. Now, before we dive into this episode, I just want to say thank you sincerely to everyone who has shared our podcast on social media or with friends. We want you to know we work hard to help organizations make better decisions through our weekly content. And if this is your first time joining us, we also want to say welcome. If you enjoy our podcast, we would really appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes. So on this episode, we're continuing with part two of this two-part series with CEO of Start It Up, Don Wetrick, who is working to change education by leading and inspiring teachers and students with innovation and entrepreneurship. You may remember that last week, Don took us inside his classroom where he carefully teaches students to think for themselves. It's not about receiving a grade in his class to graduate. It's about creating innovation among his students. He also shared some incredible success stories from his students. If you missed the first part, I highly recommend to our listeners to go back and take a listen because Don sets the foundation for today's topic. Today, Don is helping us apply what he teaches his students, which is innovation as the breeding ground for success and fulfillment. It all starts with educating ourselves past graduation, almost on a daily basis. Refocus on what your education is, even if you're 40, I'm 46 right? That's the one thing I love about being this class. I'm on most days, I'm the dumbest person in this room. Like my students collectively know way more than I ever will. So I'm constantly, and we use this term way too much, but I am a lifelong learner and I also spot trends and I want to be a part of that. Um, therefore I don't, and I'm not bashing people, but like I, I am mortified that people will brag about the fact that they've binged watched a season of fill in your favorite show over weekend. I'm like, Why? Why? So I'm either looking to improve or get left behind. Watching Game of Thrones season one through five is just stupid, in my humble opinion. If you're, if you're filling your brain with positive things and things that are going to move you forward, you're going to be ahead. Um, so, and that's not compliance-based. That's just me wanting to be better. Um, but the whole, my, my thing that I can't stand when you hear this around graduation, I'm out of here. That's signaling that you're done learning. There's nothing more toxic in our society than you being done learning, right? So if you are 46, if you're 56, you can constantly upgrade. You can constantly reinvent yourself. And by the way, you should, because there's a lot of things that are scarily going to go away. Um, And if you are, then you're going to be ahead of the game. Yet innovation and education cannot thrive without failure. This is my favorite thing to talk about. Um, So I'm going to give a metaphor. And that's not even a metaphor. Ask any kid. If they had to buy a video game, a video game now costs 75 bucks, unless it's Fortnite, which is free, which it's not free. But if they spent 75 bucks and they beat the game on the first try, they would hate the game because there's no failure. People like failure. Like when we ask a girl to dance and every time we got a yes, that's just straight up boring. There's no challenge in that. We like failure. We just don't like it in school. And this is my whole point of the whole compliance thing. Are we here to learn? Or are we here to comply? I remember when I was in college, there were two types of professors. There was one professor that um, he was a little bit free-spirited, let's say, and that everybody got an A and you were there to learn. Or there was the guy that said, hey, this class is going to be tough, but it's going to be worth it. The drop ad period, like, no one wanted the professor to challenge you because you weren't there to learn. You were there to 
get a grade and just get a degree. That's scary. Now, again, I got away with that in 1995. That's different. So the whole approach failure, I then, again, that culture build, hey, what are you here for? You're not here. I mean, and by the way, my grading is based on their reflections. They tell me what they deserve. And they usually don't BS me. By the third or fourth week, they know that you're not going to BS me out of it. So if you're like, I deserve an A, why? And you tell me why. But that failure has got to be a part of it. No one ever released a product on their first iteration. Actually, it wouldn't be an iteration if it's their first try. But you get my point. Like, it's got to be a part of it. And once you get that off the table, like, okay, let's all breathe. It's okay if this first line of code doesn't work or if your first event didn't get 100 people show up to it that is version number one it's cool for some we wrestle with well i was not born an entrepreneur therefore i cannot start just fill in the blank for whatever your project is but don disagrees there are some born entrepreneurs i'm sure and those that they're risk takers but you know i'm going to quote adam grant um you know i really liked adam grant's book originals Opening chapter is the, the kids, the, the college students that started uh, Warby Parker. They all had backups. They were all going to take really cool jobs if this Warby Parker thing didn't work out. And I, I think that there's this misnomer that the total maverick, the total screw it all, I'm going in putting all the chips in the middle of the table is an entrepreneur. The measured, careful, I'm going to be prudent about this is also an entrepreneur. So it, it can always be trained. I, 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 I just, I shudder when people think like I was a born entrepreneur. They're made as well. There's a difference between imagination and creativity, but then there's a difference between creativity and innovation. Imagination, you think it. Creativity, you start doing it, right? If it's really creative and it's totally new or at least totally new to you, now it's innovative. That is our priority one. Starting them to see opportunities and starting to see things in a different light that is needed in today's workforce. Workforce, as in you're working for somebody else. I'm cool with that. However, in that innovation process, if they're like, Wetrick, I'm on to something, that is when the pressure's off. I don't force them to be entrepreneurial. But then that's when we have some time to say, okay, now let's go through, you know, lean startup. Let's go through a canvas method. Let's go through, you know, Gantt charts, whatever your, pick your poison. And then once they, you know, kind of have that entrepreneurial mindset and some skills, then I, I gently encourage them to pursue it. And then that's kind of what, you know, our foundation does. I can get into that later. But, you know, I start looking into, all right, let's look into seed funding or see if you can bootstrap this or et cetera, et cetera. Um, but again, I don't force them to be entrepreneurial. I just encourage it if they get to that level. The fun part is, is that sometimes they're in a later stage in life and they have some capital and they can hire my students. Like one of the things we have coming up here is that we will run an analytics and several other things. We're going to go out and help small businesses. I'm actually getting small businesses approaching us, which is a great thing to have. But I'm like, okay, be on standby. I would rather my students go and find you. Like I like I don't want to just like you get this company and you get this company. Like I'm handing that out. I'm telling them go out and find it. Like just the other day, I went to a restaurant in Indianapolis, which I won't say who they were. It was a fantastic experience and there was no one in there. I'm like, why, what the literal hell? And they're like, oh yeah, well, we're hoping more people will talk about it. I'm like, what's your Facebook page? You know, how, what are you branding? How are you marketing? You know, do you have, do you incentivize anybody that checks in on Snapchat? What's Snapchat? Oh my God, come on. You know, $5 in, in, in ads uh, will increase your traffic. 
Like my kids can go and help that business right now. So I'll get in these strike up conversations and I'm like, here's my number, call my students. But I'm trying to train them to do that. So they can start reaching out to the, you know, the, the place that makes the wonderful cupcakes, but they're in their 70s, or the new business that just opened up down the street and they sell whatever. I want my students to go, hey, so I've, I've been working on this stuff in class. Can I put it to use? Um, and that's a great thing. Um, again, I don't expect them all to be in business or to be entrepreneurial, but just helping them gives them an insight and awareness on how to make things better. And it's up to us, organizational leaders, to identify innovators, then come alongside them in mentorship. Don says we also need to knock down the walls that hinder innovation, especially in the education world. Well, my first instinct would just say, get them out into the real world while they're in class. Um, I, I think that there's a lot to be learned in theory. Um, there are certain things that you have to learn, but there's also a lot of the experiential that isn't going to be in the classroom ever. Uh, so the more you can find mentorships, the more you can collaborate, the more you can help other smaller businesses uh, in either Marion County, you know, Monroe County, wherever, would be beneficial, in my opinion. Um, and then also take away the IP thing. That's one of the things that changed here in my second year of this class. And for full disclosure, this wasn't at Noblesville. Um, but the high school where I was at, our students wrote a book and put it out on Amazon. And right as it, and it, it wasn't going to be a bestseller, but it was starting to sell some books. And they're like, hey, where's, where's our royalty check? I'm like, what, what do you mean? And they're like, well, the students wrote it on school's computer, right? Yeah. On school time, right? Yeah. By interviewing other students, right? Yeah, that's our check. Legally, they're right. So we had to, and, and Noblesville, man, I'm living a dream here. They, you know, anything the students come up with here, it's their IP. And so that's my beef. And I don't, I don't know the policies of Kelly, but that is my beef with a lot of colleges, that if you come up with something on university time, university owns it. That's got to end. And by the way, a lot of times if your students go on to be really successful, they'll write a nice check usually anyway. Innovation is not simply inventing the next best product. Innovation happens within our branding, both organizationally and personally. And lastly, everybody, and this is my Gary Vee moment, <laughs> every, every company is a media company. Every person is their own media brand. I think that if you're 56, you can reinvent yourself. You can stand for something, whether that's through your church, whether it's through your, your, you know, your works, your hobbies, your passions. If you're really into Smurfs comic books, you could be one of the most authoritarians on Smurf comic books seasons one through eight if all of a sudden you wanted to grow and brand that. You can stand for something. There's never been an easier time than now. So if you're 56, 66, 76, 26, you can still start learning and pursuing those passions. Matt, the insights offered by Don are no less than powerful. It is so easy to become complacent, not only in business, but especially education. You know, for hundreds of years, we teach a very traditional way. You have a person in front of the classroom sharing her wisdom with the students. Technology now requires us to flip this model. Our students have to go out there and discover the knowledge themselves. And the teacher is no longer there to impart knowledge. The teacher is there to teach the students to teach themselves. And if we do not move in that direction, the momentum we have in our communities is going to slow down and we're not going to live up to our full potential that technology gives us. 
how, let me ask you, Phil, how do you feel that we're talking a lot of education, how it's changing? What about in the business sector? How is this innovation and technology almost disrupting even the model of the CEO sits on top and just funnels down tradition? So, you know, product cycles are so much faster in business now, Matt, than they used to be. To be competitive, you have to move faster and faster and faster. We're in an accelerating world. And our older business models slow that down because our older business models do not trust those at the bottom of the organization. Effective executives have to build an organization where their staff, their employees, even at the lowest part of the organizational chart, own their decisions and they should not be afraid to make decisions. And it is through that process of discovering new opportunities, acting on new opportunities, that employees teach themselves how to make better business decisions. If your employees are teaching themselves how to make better business decisions, that's going to be so much more powerful than a manager doing it or an executive doing it. So almost as leaders, we have to be the ones that take the dose of humility and say, hey, something's got to change. And it's probably got to be me because I'm the one that leads. Absolutely. And it comes, you know, a, a lot of our podcasts, we talk about culture. And what Don is talking about sets the foundation for these high school students to build organizations that achieve what I just talked about. So let's recap. As leaders, Don says, we need to refocus our education. We need to stay hungry to learn and look to reinvent ourselves because we will either improve or get left behind in this world. Next, people enjoy failure, not all the time, but in doses. We want the challenge of learning how to succeed. Video games are dull if they don't have moments of failure, just like success is not sweet if we don't have that hero's journey of overcoming obstacles. Don then explains that entrepreneurs and innovators are not simply let's go all in minded. Some very successful innovators have amazing backup plans in case their ideas fall through. And great news, one is not simply born an entrepreneur. We all have the ability to learn how to innovate. Finally, our organizations and individual likeness are brands. No matter our age, no matter our organization, we possess the tools to reinvent ourselves and stand for a deep-held belief. As always, we want to thank you for listening. Our goal of each episode is to help organizations make better decisions. This has been another episode of the ROI Podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella, alongside Phil Powell. We'll see you next week.